Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today's guest is a good friend of mine and somebody I've been following for shit years now. His name is Maddie Fasaro, and you might know him from Instagram or YouTube because he has a, a popular following and, and really good content. Today, we kind of just dive into his story. He has a really cool background of a big weight loss journey. I mean, he completely transformed his body, lost a ton of weight. Um, he competed. He, he went literally in a full 360 to transform every aspect of his life and then begin coaching. And he did that by picking up a camera and filming himself awkwardly, as he would say, uh, in his kitchen and in the gym for YouTube. He started vlogging and documenting his personal journey of transforming. That's actually when I found him was years ago when he was going through that. And that started in 2011. Um, And and because of that, he kept going with his journey. He got really into it. And we're actually going to dive into how he got too into it. And he created a unbalanced way of eating an unhealthy way, uh, unhealthy relationship with food and cardio and competing and, and body image. And it's a really cool conversation because I don't think enough male athletes or coaches or just individuals in general talk about this and talk about body image issues and talk about what we see in the mirror and talk about the mental struggles that go through your head when you were trying to lose weight, look your best, get stronger, go to the gym and not be intimidated or have an ego, so on and so forth. So this is a really informative talk. It's a really cool story. I think it's going to inspire you guys a lot. And I think it's going to be really real an authentic and raw perspectives from both of us on this entire aspect of what it really takes to not only transform your body, but to mentally get through it the right way and not turn it into a bad relationship where you're going too far in one direction. If you guys like this episode, please do me a huge favor. Take a screenshot, post it on your story, tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom, tag Maddie at Maddie Fusaro. that's F-U-S-A-R-O, Matt with two T's. I'll put both of those links in the show notes so you can see. Tag us both. We want to thank you for listening and we want to share it on our story as well. And without any further ado, let's get on to this interview with the one and only Maddie Fusaro. All right, Maddie uh, Fusaro. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't want to butcher it live if I just did. <laughs> So I say Fusaro. Okay. Every single person who refers to me, Fusaro. So okay. anything works. It's what cool. is that? Is it Italian? Or? Italian, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is actually cool, man. I, uh, I remember dude, years ago, seeing your, I think it was your YouTube channel, like, I mean, a long time ago. So it, it was really cool when you recently started following me and we started kind of connecting and chatting and then we had some mutual friends. And I was like, man, this is crazy. It's like full circle because I literally remember like when I started getting into a lot of this, like I remember turning to YouTube for inspiration and motivation and and information period from a lot of people. Um, And as you know, the YouTube like fitness trend was like a really big craze. That was like where a lot of this this era came from. Um, so it's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool to have you on the podcast now because I remember that so long ago, man. So thank you. For Honestly, Cody, it's an absolute pleasure, man. I've been listening to you for a while now and I wish I knew, I wish I could pinpoint when I found your podcast, but whenever it was, however I found it, it's just been gold. Like the amount of value you're delivering is beyond what I've seen on, on many other podcasts. The guests that you're bringing in are all incredible. And even your solo episodes, man, you're really, you're really offering people a lot. Dude, thank you. That means a lot, man. That's my goal. And, and it's funny, I actually just recorded a Q&A before this. And one of the things somebody asked me was um, how to build trust and respect from people um, as a coach. And the thing I said was like, you have to basically base all of your actions off of value. Like just, just try to create value. And I think that'll carry you all the way to the success you want to have. I agree, man. Most important thing you could do and you're absolutely crushing it, bro. Thank you, dude. Um, So I want to jump into your story, man, because I'm pretty sure you had a transformation yourself. So let's like take it way back to start this podcast out and kind of go through your journey to physical transformation. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about like where you started, how you got into fitness and like what that transformation process was like? Yeah, for sure. So to make it quick and simple, I was a former fat kid. I was the kid who grew up all throughout his younger and teenage years, even into the beginning of high school just overweight, insecure, the dude who wore his shirt to the pool, 
had every excuse in the book to avoid the beach, a pool party, anything like that, that involved really taking your shirt off or just being around a lot of other people who were more secure than you. I, I completely avoided it. So I wasn't like, it wasn't that I wasn't athletic or anything like that. I, I played sports my whole life growing up, but man, my love for food was just <laughs> that, that took over. And as I got into high school, that's when I started to realize like now we're, we're developing, right? We're trying to become men. We're trying to build that confidence. And I was like, I can't keep doing this anymore. So this was, I mean, we're talking a while back now. So I was, I graduated high school in 2005. So years, a couple of years before that, before all the social media, there were, was no YouTube fitness or any of that. It was whatever magazines we could find and read. So, you know, you know, the typical magazines yeah, and you follow their diets and their workouts and you really go up to the, the biggest or the most in shape dude at the gym and you ask him for his advice and it's never great advice, but you take it anyway. And I just did everything wrong, man. I, I ran myself into the ground. I did cardio twice a day. I wore sauna suits. I didn't know anything about dieting aside from the typical stuff, you know, don't eat carbs and don't do this and don't do that. So I did lose a lot of weight. I had no muscle. I ended up skinny fat and yeah, graduated, graduated high school a little bit more confident because I wasn't overweight anymore. But as the years went on, I discovered YouTube fitness. I want to say it was Matt Ogus. And this was back in like 2010 or so. And again, not giving the best information, eating tuna with almonds and just like gross combinations of stuff. <laughs> but it was cool to see someone documenting their journey. And that's when I just dove headfirst into everything, became, you know, became certified, became a personal trainer and started my own YouTube channel just out of the fact that I wanted to help people. You know, if I was able to, I, I use the term loosely get in shape because it would just really lose a lot of weight, but the amount of research and self-education that I did so I could spread the right knowledge was insane. And that was my goal ever since, man. So 2011, I started the YouTube channel. I dove headfirst into books and research and articles and had mentors and yeah, my, ever since then, my goal has just been, how can I help other people? I think that's cool, man. That's, it's similar to mine in the sense that I did all the wrong things as well. And when I first <laughs> lost weight, I got skinny fat as well, too. So it was like I lost weight. And then I was like, oh, shit, this isn't what I thought I would look like. Now I got to yeah. figure out how to build muscle. And it's funny how many – I think Matt Ogus had an influence on way more people than he realizes because there's mm -hmm. he was probably one of the first ones inside of natural bodybuilding that really started – putting out that type of information and spreading things. And he kind of brought Eric Helm into Eric Helms into a limelight as well, which gave uh, an entire new side of education to all the people that were just like going on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, so it's crazy to hear somebody else. I was like kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. That's how I, obviously, I think that's how everyone found Eric Helms where mm -hmm. August used to do those little Q and A's and then yeah. Helms would come on and answer questions. He answered one of my questions once. And ever since then, man, he is, He's been, I mean, an influence in pretty much everyone in the fitness space. Ever since he started drawing the pyramids on YouTube, I think that's how, I don't know, yeah. were you following him back then when they started on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Uh, 2011, 2012, I think is when he first came out with the original pyramids yep. uh, video. And yeah, that changed, I mean, that changed a lot for me. I've had a few of the 3DMJ guys on this podcast and I have a couple more interviews set up with them, but um, same thing, man. Huge influence on everything I've done in the coaching space. That's awesome, man. It's so cool to see how far everything's come though. Yeah, it's wild, man. So, so you're, you're at this place where you've lost weight, you're, you're ready to start building some muscle, you're seeking all this motivation, you're, you're learning all these things. How old are you? How long have you been doing this? And like, do you think and I, and I want to translate this to sustainable results, but do you think this shift from losing that weight to trying to, to build muscle is what kind of kept you engaged and actually helped you sustain that weight loss? Because as we know, 95% of people who lose weight are going to gain it back, which is absolutely insane to think that that's a real statistic but it's true which means that you're in like the the very small percent of people who was able to lose a lot of weight and keep it off i had a conversation with carter good a few weeks back and it was the same thing like what was that thing that made you able to sustain that weight loss do you think for me probably the accountability of being on youtube and sharing my journey with people mm. if i didn't decide to do that if i didn't put myself out there and say that I wanted to help others and I was just doing it selfishly for myself, I probably wouldn't have sustained it, to be honest. And, and I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been so interested in educating myself. I wouldn't have spent as much time reading and researching because for me, I knew that once I started that YouTube channel, now it was like, okay, I, 
I guess I owe these people something. Like I remember getting my first five views and 10 views and I was like, damn, that's, that's pretty cool. That's five or 10 people that don't know me. I'm a complete stranger to them. And they just sat through a 10 minute video because they wanted to learn something. So I was like, all right, this is my time. This is my time to share as much as I can. And I didn't know that much. So I was like, all right, I need to keep learning. I keep learning. So as I'm learning myself, I'm putting that stuff into practice. So it's kind of like that practice what you preach thing. So everything that I learned, I, I kind of ran full speed ahead with it, everything with training, everything with nutrition. And that's what, I guess, just the accountability of saying, I'm going to help other people. I needed to make sure I was steering them in the right direction. I love that, man. I think uh, one of the things I read was the most common statistic or commonality between people who actually are in that 5% that sustains the weight loss is uh, the scale. They, they step on the scale more frequently. And a lot of people are like, oh, don't step on the scale too much because it's just overwhelming. But I think what they talk about is like stepping on the scale every morning is accountability. It, it's, it's a mm -hmm. constant reminder that like, hey, you're on a mission here. Um, so I'm glad you pointed it out because I think that a lot of people hear accountability and they think coaching, which obviously we want to push because we think coaching is, is a great route. But accountability is so much more than coaching. It's like you said, you're putting your information out there or you have friends or you're in a forum, which you probably were in a forum at some point. I know I was, oh, man, um, yep. <laughs> we were all in bodybuilding forums. Um, but having some kind of accountability to keep you going. And I'm sure like you probably still to this day are striving for some kind of accountability because it's, I mean, you've been doing this for what a decade now more. Yeah. Yeah. So YouTube started in 2011. Uh, I was doing some in-person personal training around that time but I've been interested in fitness and reading whatever I had access to a couple of years prior to that. So yeah, it's been quite a while now. So during this whole journey, um, what are like the biggest things that stand out to you that you've learned uh, applied outside of fitness? So you can share things that are, that are, you've learned in fitness too, but I always love to hear from people that had a crazy transformation, like what things carried over into your life? Like, as far as principles or characteristics or, or different lessons you've learned, so on and so forth? Biggest thing is probably discipline. I feel like, I feel like it all starts with health and we've all heard that kind of saying like, look good, feel good, perform great, that kind of thing. And when I knew that I could take control of my health and how I looked and because that is the one thing that we have complete control over, right? So we spend a lot of time day to day stressing over stuff that's completely out of our control. And that's where anxiety stems from kind of the fear of the unknown, just assuming everything's going to go wrong. And when you have control over stuff, you feel much better about it. So when I knew that I can control how I looked, which meant that I can probably control how I feel to some extent, I can control what comes into my head. So the information or content that I'm consuming and all of that, which started with fitness and nutrition, it made me want to kind of expand. So I was, I was one track minded in the beginning all I would read about and listen to was nutrition stuff and training stuff. And I was like, there has to be more to life than this. And if I want to help more people, I need to have an understanding of other things. So I started to look at sales and I started to look at marketing and I started to look at business and other entrepreneurs. And the mindset shift was, I mean, it carried over from fitness to, okay, now I'm interested in this book. So like the book mindset, you know, by Carol, I know you're, you're very well read. So you, you, you're familiar probably every book that I would throw in at you. And, um, but yeah, but spending so much time wanting to learn and being interested in learning about fitness and nutrition made me want to learn so many different things in the outside world, even with relationships. If I could take care of myself, I could better take care of other people. So yeah, I think it, it comes down to, you got to be able to, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if yeah. I'm going to spend all this time working on myself, I need to kind of share that with other people and, yeah, I think that's, that was probably my biggest lesson. I love that, dude. I, it's funny because I've read a lot of books, but I actually haven't read Mindset, but you're the second person in the last two weeks that has been on the podcast that suggested oh, wow. that book. Okay. So I'm going to get it. But um, <laughs> do you think that there was ever a point in time where, or like, can you look back and think that the obsession you had actually helped fuel some of your consistency or accountability or drive or anything like that? Because sometimes I think about, and it's, it, and this is so weird, but like just thinking about those days of, of, watching YouTube and being on forums and doing a lot of the wrong things almost gives me like an excitement because I remember how like fun that was for me and how engaging and I was absolutely obsessed with it. And I did need to get to a place like you where I was like, there's gotta be more to the life, you know, and I got to find a balance. But do you think like spending some time in that obsession actually allowed you to create this level of self-discipline or motivation to continue? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's hard for us to also recognize the boundary. Like there's a very fine line between obsession and dedication. Mm -hmm. 
And I fell into that trap with the obsession. I mean, we don't have to talk about that or we could, but with the nutrition thing, I mean, I dealt with, I'm not diagnosing myself, but orthorexia. I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with that, but I struggled with disordered eating patterns for a few years, actually. And that was throughout my journey on YouTube. So it was, it was very difficult to deal with. But again, I learned so much from going through that obsessive behavior that I think I came out stronger on the other side. So. Explain, um, explain what that is to some of the listeners that might not know. And then in essentially, if you don't mind talking about it, like really how, how um, I guess, how you think that manifested and how you got through it. Because I think there's a lot of people that struggle with, I mean, at the end of the day, so every single person listening to this right now struggles with something. Right? We all have fears, sure. we all have insecurities, we all have disorders, we all have dysfunctions, we all have issues. Um, and I think like the one thing you can pull from everything is that your issue might be different than mine, but how you handle that issue is that's the lesson that I can apply to the issues in my life to get me through it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. for you, like, first of all, what is it obviously? And then how did you get through that? And how did it manifest or get you to the point where you were experiencing it? Okay. So, and again, I'm not diagnosing anyone. I'm not telling anyone that if you, you know, if you hear what I say that you should say, okay, I'm dealing with this too. It's very possible. It's very common. So it's not an eating disorder, which is extremely invasive uh, on, on relationships, career and school. And it's not so much about food, but like a much deeper vehicle. And there's a bigger problem that's manifesting, you know, something much deeper than just the food. Disordered eating, you can still cope with life. And a lot of people wouldn't even notice, like not many people knew that I was going through this. I kept it inside, but it's your behavior and attitude around food. And for me, it was so, I mean, my obsession with having to prepare every single thing that I ate which means going out to a restaurant gave me anxiety. If someone else prepared a meal, even if it was someone in my own house, if I didn't see it being cooked, I wasn't eating it because I didn't know if they used oil or butter or how they cooked it. So I needed to have complete control over everything I ate. I went through the whole carry the six pack meal bags around school. And I could, it's, it's great because I can laugh about it now. And when you're going through it, sure, it's probably not funny. Uh, when I look back on it, I'm so glad that I went through it because I can relate to a lot of people that deal with it now, and especially men in physique sport who don't want to come up and admit to it. It's extremely hard for men to talk about any kind of disordered eating or body image. And you know that. And in any kind of weight class restricted or physique sport that's centered around like leanness, we have a certain personality trait that tends to be compulsive and neurotic. So that doesn't mean that you have orthorexia if you're a little bit neurotic about the food you eat, because sometimes you have to be when you're taking things to that level, but it can also be used like as a scapegoat, you know? So we see physique competitors and bodybuilders use disordered eating as a scapegoat so they can kind of rationalize with that. Like, it's okay that I do this because I, I need to look good for Instagram or for photo shoots. So yeah. So, I mean, I was, uh, I dealt with that for a couple of years and I had, I can't remember, I honestly can't remember who it was, but someone, this is so many years ago on Facebook, I was part of a group. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember Ian McCarthy? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he had a group, No Bullshit Bodybuilding, long time ago, and it got really big. And there was someone in there, and I want to say his name was Paul. He's, he doesn't have a presence on social media at all, but he was the one that called me out on it. He's like, dude, he's like, I think there's something wrong with the way you eat. We had a very, very long conversation and he challenged me a few times. He's like, I want you to like go to the store and, and get ice cream and take a picture of you eating it just to prove that. Like, because I told him, I was like, I can eat that. It fits my macros, this and that. But deep down, I knew I wouldn't do it. And he knew I wouldn't do it. So after kind of reading over those messages and really like sitting down, writing down things, a lot of self-talk, I realized like, all right, man, like I, I'm probably struggling with this a little bit more than I thought. So yeah, I, I realized I needed to detach myself from it. I slowly started to take a step back from tracking everything. I had a more relaxed attitude towards it. And I'm in a much better spot now, but it's real and it's out there. And a lot of people are dealing with it. I think it's good that we bring this up, actually, because one, I didn't know this about you. So this is really cool to, to learn. But like you said, I think there's so many guys that go through not necessarily eating disorders, but disordered eating i think that i think they're two different things eating disorder versus sure. disordered eating and i think a lot of people go through disordered eating and don't ever talk about it or come out or ask for help um and there's definitely a lot of guys that go through body image issues but aren't they're ashamed to admit it um and i'm the first one to admit it on this podcast you've probably heard me say it and, and you've mm -hmm. obviously said it too so i think it's really important for us guys to stand up and say like hey this is normal like it's just part of being a human like you don't have to hide away from it but you got to fix it now 
with with you is there any i guess like how how do you find balance now and how do you teach that balance to clients like i think that like you said there's some competitive athletes that almost need that that rigidness at times but i think the keyword is at times like if you look at your calendar year when are you dedicating periods of time to do that and then when are you dedicating periods of time to be more flexible like i even have this conversation with my wife because right now i'm going through more of like a, a gaining phase and she knows that and she she's not going to try to like stuff me <laughs> to the brim but she, she's italian and loves to cook so i told her like hey this is a time where i can be more flexible like she's happy and then she's going to be more easygoing when i'm like hey i need to get a little bit tighter because i'm doing a cut you know and i think that's really a healthy balance but i'm just curious for, from your side of it how do you teach that balance well first of all like you said there are periods of time where if you're committed to a specific goal then yeah you got to go, go to extremes in order to get there but some people, when they go to that extreme, they can't pull back and they get stuck there. And that's a huge problem. And that's why I think it's the responsibility of the coach to make sure that if they choose to take on an athlete that wants to be competitive and they have no experience doing it or they haven't gotten lean in the past, you need to make sure you have a very long, deep conversation with them before they make that commitment. Because a lot of people don't understand the difference between lean for summer and lean for stage. Mm. And those... Sometimes, yeah, th those healthy obsessions that we have, they, they turn into something that is a lot longer than 16 weeks or 20 weeks that you're dieting for. You know, and even if you go ahead and do that binge after the show is over, you might go right back to that binge restrict cycle. And now you're back into obsessing over every calorie again, which is just not a healthy place to be in. And like I said, I was stuck there for years. And this was before I even did a show. So I was getting lean just to be lean. And I was so obsessed. Now we're taking it to the people who are getting on stage against other people. They're being competitive. So it's a, very, um, it's a very serious conversation I think people should have. I don't think the majority of people are, will ever be ready to compete. You know, you and I both know it's, it's just unhealthy. And I think competitors understand that. But people who think they have what it takes to be a competitor, they don't understand it yet. So the most important thing to me when working with anyone, whether it's a, a competitive athlete or not, is honesty, transparency, and communication. Yeah. I love that, dude. I think those are the three biggest things. And I think I always try to educate people on like, it's a sport. So like yes. my first question is like, do you love the sport of bodybuilding? And if they're not immediately like, yeah, like I follow this person and this, and then I'm like, okay, cool. Like you're in this for the sport. So you understand in season versus off season weight and like how we can fluctuate between those. But if people are like, no, no it's just a way to push me. I'm like, that's a red flag. Yep. Cause you don't need to go that far in order to get to where you want to be. Yeah, that's, that's pushing yourself too far. And that's crossing a boundary that, again, it's, it's hard to come back from. And I like, I know you've talked about this a lot too. And this is something that a lot of really first time competitors don't understand. And that's like nutritional periodization. There's a time and a place for everything. And some people, when they dive deep into that cut, they don't know how to come out of it. Yeah. So a coach is valuable there. But if you're going to make that commitment, and some people try and do it without a coach, maybe because they can't afford one or they don't think they need one because they've gotten lean before, it's a slippery slope. You know, yeah. it's like you said, it's a competition in the end of the day. So you, so you've done a show or more, more than one. I just did one show. Okay. Yeah. And you did this after you had the experience with the disordered eating. Yep. Okay. And yeah. So, so my show was 2016. Uh, <laughs> I think I did okay. the show. Yeah. Did you, and, and this was, was it in the midst of still getting through this disordered eating patterns or was this like, okay, I'm, I'm better now. I don't have this issue and then I'm going to get on stage. Cause I think like either way you have that battle trying to pull you back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a lot better. I was a lot better. You know, what really got me to be a lot better was when I actually met my wife. So when I was going to Stony, well, it's Stony Brook University. Your audience probably won't know that, but it's a university here in Long Island, New York. When I was going to school, this was my, I want to say it was my, might've been my senior year. Uh, that's when I met my wife, but this is also when I was carrying that meal bag around campus. And I had no idea. So I used to feel like, I don't know if I could swear on your podcast. Yeah, I used to feel, good. I used to feel like shit, like every day. And I was getting, I was getting decent amount of sleep. I, I felt like I had complete control over my nutrition. I was training so hard in the gym, but I was completely blind to the fact that 
I had no idea what I was doing with nutrition. I was pretty much malnourished because I was so restrictive with what I was eating. Even though I'm carrying this meal bag around, I was barely eating any carbs because I just wanted to stay lean all the time. And I didn't realize you can actually eat carbs and stay lean. Mm -hmm. So I'm carrying this meal bag around all around class, sitting in the back of the classroom. I'm telling you, I was, when we say obsessed, I mean, every, every couple of minutes looking at the clock to make sure like I got to eat at this time, like it's time to eat. And yeah, this, this went on for a while, but Anyway, long story short, that I met my wife in college, and she <laughs> she used to refer to me to her friends as Chicken Kid because I had chicken in my Tupperware container. So, so I was Chicken Kid. I thought this girl was really cute, and uh, sure enough, after that semester was over, we ran into each other outside of school. Next semester started, which was our last semester, and we happened to have another two or three classes together. So we ended up sitting together. We ended up spending a lot of time together. Again, she's now my wife, but. I think having someone there also made me just feel a lot better. Like I couldn't, what am I going to take her out and bring my own food with me? So it allowed me to get a lot more relaxed about everything. And then as we got closer and closer, I kind of, I opened up to her. I shared everything with her. You know, I didn't want to hold that in anymore. I wanted her to know, you know, some of the shit that I went through and that definitely helped. So over the years that got a lot better, but yeah, when I was doing the show, I was completely fine. Like I wasn't in that obsessive behavior anymore. I hired, um, uh, Jeff Nipper to be my coach throughout that time. So it was good to have a coach there to kind of watch my back. But yeah, man, it, it, it was all every single day has been a learning experience. Do you think that and that's it's so funny, man, I, I worked with Jeff Nipper years ago. So uh, he, he got me ready for a photo shoot before I think he was on YouTube, but it was before he was like really big on YouTube, which sounds like around the same time as you. Yeah, he was I th- when I hired no. All right. So it was a little bit after but he was a lot of people don't know he was originally with the strength guys. Yeah. 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 So that's when I first found out about him. And I used to, so Jason, the president of the strength guys reached out to me many years ago and offered to coach me when he found out that I was going through a lower back injury. So that's how I actually really found out about the strength guys. He coached me and he helped me through that. Um, And that's how kind of I was introduced to Jeff. And then later on, Jeff was just someone who was, he was just approachable. I liked his demeanor. I liked that he stayed up to date on research and yeah. So yeah. Probably around the same time when you were. It's crazy, dude. A lot of a lot of commonalities between us. Um, <laughs> so so throughout the throughout this entire process, um, I want to pick apart kind of like daily habits, routines, mindset tools, things that people can grab onto, and like what you did to. I mean, my first thought is like, okay, I just got through this. Now I'm gonna step on stage. Like immediate anxiety of like, fuck, I gotta try to battle this again. How did you make sure that you didn't? And were there any habits that you built during that time that carried on to the rest of your life or for the rest of your life that you maybe still use today? More mindset related stuff. Ooh, that's a really good question. So you're probably familiar with Tom Bilyeu, right? So he's someone who's had a profound impact. Like, you know, there are those people who we, we consume their content on social media and we just get that like quick hit of motivation. Like it just feels good to write, you know, the Gary V's and everything's like real quick. But that fades, you know, motivation and those, those 30 second sound bites or Instagram posts that we listen to, that fades really quick. Tom was someone who everything he said stuck with me. And I think it's because I've had the opportunity to meet him a couple of times. Uh, I, used to, I used to work with Quest a long time ago. Uh, like they, uh, they had athletes back then. And I was one of them, which was really cool to be a part of that. So they, they've flown me out to the Quest headquarters and I got to spend time with Tom and Lisa. And we've had a couple of convers- like personal conversations and recent, no, not recently, I guess it was a little while ago, Tom came out to New York and he was doing a little speaking gig and I met up with him there and we spoke there. So he's someone that really taught me about mindset and he broke down the book, you know, the, the book mindset I mentioned earlier, yeah. he's able to break that down really well, talking about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And that helped me a ton to build habits and to, to work through goal setting. I know you're familiar with James Clear and Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. So it's just like all these little things. As far as the routine goes, I mean, I, I was actually, I never really had a very, very strict routine that I followed every single day. But, oh, that's such a good question. Tom's I'm a big to, one for me too, man. It's, it's funny they say, he actually yeah. is from uh, a really small town that I'm from Tacoma in Tacoma, Washington. And oh, wow. Really? I was listening I to him that. on short story long, which is dramas podcast. And he was like, Oh, I'm from this place called Tacoma. We call it Tacoma aroma. 
probably people don't know what I'm talking about, but Tacoma stinks. Like it smells really bad. So they call it the Tacoma aroma. And he said that and I instantly was like, no fucking way. He's from Tacoma. Cause it's not like a, I mean, you probably don't know where Tacoma is, but um, oh, I was just cracking up. But because ever since I heard him say that, that's actually when I started diving into his content because I had that, that, that small bit of relatability to him that I instantly started following a lot of his stuff and I started getting more motivated. Now I watch impact theory all the time. So, yes. Love um, it. Yeah. Really good show. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. He's, he's awesome, man. He's, he's really just, yeah. Anyway. Um, so I, I completely, uh, I completely agree that habits and systems and goal setting can be important for a lot of people, but I think there needs to be a why behind why you're doing certain things. So a lot of people are talking about morning routines. I see, I feel like in the last like couple of years, that's been yeah. so popular about, you know, you got to wake up at 4am and you got to do this and that. And I always tell people like, I made a post not long ago saying like, waking up at 4am doesn't guarantee you success. You know, just seems like waking up at 2pm, like it's what you do with the hours that you're awake. And goal setting is great. But if there's not a very strong why behind those goals or those habits or those systems, I feel like it's never going to take you anywhere. I love so, that, so my biggest thing is, is my, my tagline, I guess you could say is like, start with one. And it's kind of similar to the one thing, mm-hmm. that book. And it's just focusing on one small thing, one small habit, one priority, and kind of stacking on top of that. So for me, when it comes to, you know, we're both entrepreneurs, we're both interested in fitness. So we need to have some kind of systems in place. So if I pick up a book or I read an article, there needs to be a reason of why I'm reading that or why I'm, you know, uh, consuming that piece of content. If I listen to one of your podcasts, it could purely be for entertainment or it could just be, maybe I read the title or the guest that you're having, or I scrolled through the questions and I'm like, I think what he's providing here will be valuable in my life. And it will help me either with my business or something I could share with someone else. So I think just there needs to be that purpose and that why. Do you have a filter on that? Like uh, almost like you're kind of filtering out what you consume. Cause I think, you know, like there's so much coming out on social media and YouTube and media, just marketing in general. And when you are an entrepreneur in the online space, it's almost like you're literally entrenched in it 24 seven. Do you ever have like a filter of like what you're trying to um, avoid consuming or, or anything like that? I try. I'd be lying if I said I did completely because yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit. <laughs> I am, I'm guilty just like a lot of people of consuming way too much content. And I don't think consuming content is necessarily a bad thing, but we tend to lose focus of not only why we're consuming it, but who we are and what we want from life. So we start living through other people's visions and their goals and what they want to achieve. And we forget about what about us? Yeah. You know, so when you, maybe when you, listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video, ask yourself why you're doing it. Is it, is it to get inspired? Is it to learn about something? Is it because something that that person achieved is something that I want to achieve and I can look up to them and learn from their mistakes. So I think they're, yeah, my my filter is not as good as it needs to be. And I probably am guilty of consuming a little bit too much, but I have gotten a lot better at it. So there's a lot more intent to what I listen to or what I consume. And I, I know I need to just focus more on myself. I don't think anybody's going to be perfect at it though. Like I, like just the fact that you're aware of it, you know, and I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to get at. Cause I'm not perfect either, but I think like I try to push people like, Hey, just be aware because if you're aware, you're more likely to filter as much as you can. Um, but shit's going to get through the cracks no matter what. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to filter <laughs> yeah, out everything. For sure. So I try and encourage people not to follow blindly. And I actually wrote a, uh, an email list on my newsletter. This was a while ago, but I called it the purge. And I told people to, to clean some things up. And I said, I want you to go through each platform on social media, whether that's, you know, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is, and unfollow, remove, unsubscribe, or hide all content from people who are not adding any value to you. And I know that sounds extreme, but I wanted people to be a hundred percent honest with themselves. A lot of us are subscribed to 50 or a hundred YouTube channels. There is no way anyone has enough time in a day to consume all of that content. And I tell them, if you subscribe from 25 right now, you would have no idea. You would forget about that person. You wouldn't miss out on anything. Look at the people on Instagram and how many they're following. It's usually 200, 500, a thousand. And that's cool. Like if you want to follow all those people, that's fine. But Instagram does this really cool thing when you scroll and it says, you're all caught up. 
And a lot of people will scroll until they're all caught up because they feel like they're missing out on something. Mm -hmm. So I don't tell people, you know, you don't have to unfollow friends. You don't have to follow family. But if you are going to follow someone and you're getting some kind of value from that, make sure you're interacting with the post, like double tap it, like it, leave a comment. Otherwise you're mindlessly scrolling and it's not doing anything for you. It's not offering you any value. So that was a challenge that I actually sent to people. And I followed up with them the following week and said, did who survived the purge? And I wanted to know how many people they unfollowed. And man, they were just, people were saying they would just, they would spend an hour just cleaning up their social media and they felt so much better. Like they got you know, maybe, maybe it was 20 minutes and maybe it was two hours back in their day because they weren't just mindlessly going through all the social channels to make sure that they didn't miss anything. So wild, dude. That's, it's, uh, I, so I think this is actually, it's funny that you said it because this really wasn't that long ago, but I remember looking at my Instagram and seeing that I followed 2,500 people and I was like, I don't even personally know 2,500 people and I don't, <laughs> I don't like consume that much, right? So I literally went through and I found people that I was like, I've never even seen you post before. I have no idea who you are, like whatever it was. And I was just like, just wiping them off. And I cut it down to way less than a thousand. Same thing that you said. Like I just cut it down to the people who were providing some value or I felt like maybe they don't post very often, but maybe they will provide value, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's fine. Like I'm not telling people like cut your list in half or anything, but maybe another strategy that people can take is if you know someone provides you know, some value here and there, or maybe, maybe out of a hundred posts, there was just one that struck a chord with you, save that post. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to save posts without following people. So now you can save the, the content that you want to consume or even look back at later. And you don't have to feel the need to keep scrolling or, but again, that's people can follow. I'm not telling people that they have to erase 100%. or unfollow. You know what I mean? But I told people in my email at the end of the email, I said, if I'm not offering you any value, unsubscribe from me. I don't want to be another email in your inbox. I don't want to be another post on your feed that you feel like you have to scroll past. Like if there's something that you're not getting from me, or I used to deliver you more value and I don't anymore, unfollow me. You know, I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to be disappointed. That's gold, dude. I think, and I don't know if we were talking about this before or after we started actually recording, but like basically living your life, like chasing, like to me, like success is predicated on value. So for me, it's like, what are you doing? Like the best way to live your life is literally just do everything you can possible to provide more value. And I think that's going to lead to more fulfillment. So I love that you say that because I'm really big on that too. And, and I actually do think people should do this purge, man. I think that's a, an unbelievable idea to lower stress and anxiety and overwhelm because you're getting less bombarded with information and shit that doesn't matter to you. And like you, you kind of touched on it, but like the whole comparison factor, like you're going to judge yourself yeah. more and compare yourself more if you're consuming too much. So consume things that are providing value for you and just wipe away the rest. I, I can't tell you how much better I felt when I did it. Dude, I agree. That, that's actually a very good point that you bring it up. And I, I've seen firsthand what social media can do to other people because I've seen what it can do to myself. Mm-hmm. And this was even during some of my you know, darker times where I just, I lacked that confidence and that self-esteem. And I remember I would, I would look through validation I would look for validation, which caused me to kind of hide who I truly was. And you've heard, you know, a lot of people talk about wearing that mask. And for me, it was like, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to prove myself to others. And then as I kind of grew older and I guess more mature, more confident, I realized like, I don't really need anyone's approval, especially not a bunch of strangers who I don't know. And I'll probably never meet on social media. Like I'm grateful that they are following me. So maybe they are getting value, but I was, I was so exhausted creating this mask and hoping that everyone would like me or love me that like there were times where I didn't even like recognize myself anymore. You know what I mean? Like I ignored my own intuition because I felt obligated to others. I was, I, I, I never compromised who I was or my core values or beliefs or any of that, but I just kept putting everyone else first and putting everyone up on this pedestal. And I wasn't giving myself the credit that I felt like I deserved. So I just, I got too caught up in letting other people form opinions of me and criticize me and bring me down. I was like, why am I letting this have so much weight? You know, like these people don't know who I am. And YouTube, a lot of it stemmed from YouTube. I mean, that is the most negative platform out there. You could be a saint and people will have every reason to rip you apart. So there were comments over the years that like, that hurt, that dug deep. And anyone tells you that they ignore the haters all the time, they're lying to you. (laughs) Like I know some of the most confident, popular YouTubers out there and they've struggled. You know, it's, it's hard when people just keep talking shit. And it's, you could tell people to brush it off. You could tell them to ignore it and they don't matter. But some of them just dig a little deeper than others. And you just have to remind yourself at the end of the day, you are 
you know, you just focus on you, you know? Yeah. I think that it's one of those things where people will not respond, but they definitely don't completely ignore it. It's too hard to ignore. You know what I mean? And, and some oh, yeah. of them do. I mean, it's, it's honestly, I always try to remind myself of something Gary Vee said, but he was just basically like, whoever the person is just completely shitting on you in a comment is lit, like their time, like they're spending their time doing that. Like, think about that. Like your time is so much more valuable than theirs. Your life is so much better than theirs. If they have the time to do that. And that sounds very like hardcore, but it's, it's true. And it made me feel a little bit better. Cause I'm like, yeah, like what, like you must be in a bad place. I almost feel bad for you. If you, if you feel like you need to put people down and that's making you feel better, like, fuck man, your life must not be that great. Like, I'm sorry. And, um, and that's, again, it's, it sounds morbid, but like, I think that's the reality. So I'm, I'm actually really glad that we kind of went down this path and started touching on these things. And I think uh, taking away from um, your story, I think it sounds like you've had a lot of reflection and introspection in your own life. And I think that's really honestly the, the key to, the things we've talked about, finding balance, having success, being an entrepreneur, um, maintaining weight loss over time, um, shifting back and forth between these like disorders and then actually healthy balance, stuff like that. Like it really all comes down to asking yourself questions inside and being comfortable with the answers that you find. Right. And then mm -hmm. picking those apart and, and seeing what the next step is. Yeah. I tell people failure breeds success. Like don't be afraid to fuck up. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to admit to your faults. Like we all struggle with that stuff. You know, and, and one big thing too, going back to what we were just talking about with the haters and stuff is never change your character to try and fit in with other people. Like you don't have to blend in with the crowd. Even if you're, even if some of the people you look up to are your, your biggest idols or even your mentors, like don't try and copy what they're doing. If, if there's something you admire about them, take that and make it your own. I think that's so important. And do you know, uh, Mike Vacanti? Mm -hmm. So yeah, he was Gary V's coach for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, me and him are, are pretty close and we were texting. This was like two years ago. And it was when I was trying to kind of make a comeback to YouTube because I took a step away from it for a while just to, I mean, I, I made 900 videos. So I just needed some time to like let myself breathe and take a break. And as I was coming back is when I started to get a lot of hate again for no reason, you know, just people like just shitting on me left and right. And there were a couple of comments that got to me. So I asked Mike, I said, can you do me a favor next time you're training Gary? Can you just ask him for me? Like, how does he deal with it? And again, he's on a way different level on a completely different scale than I am. But I just, I wanted to hear it from him. And sure enough, like a half hour later, Gary V sent me a, a video message. He texted me a video message and he was just like, he's like, Maddie, he's like, they're playing a losing fucking game. Like they're a bunch of like dickhead. You don't have to. And it was just like the message. I probably listened to it and watched it like 400 times. I was like, damn, like everything he's saying is so true. And it was so nice to hear it from him. And again, it's, it's easier said than done, right? Brush it off. Like it's not a big deal. You don't know this person, but it's a, it was a good reminder. So. I love that dude, man. That's uh I would be amped up if I got a message from Gary V first of all, but, but like, I think he's the perfect person to tell you that advice. And it's so true. Um, man, the last thing I want to touch on is because I can't leave this podcast without talking about the, the crazy shit we're in right now. I mean, we're living in a really weird time. Um, as fitness entrepreneurs, as people who are positive influences on the world, so to speak, like really trying to put out the good message. What have you been doing to keep your mind straight, man? You've already kind of touched on it briefly about, you know, the uncontrollable or the uncertain is really what creates stress and anxiety. And I think that's probably the biggest thing people need to remember because that's why they're having so much stress and anxiety right now because we don't know what the fuck's going on. But what are you doing in your life to take back control and to stay sane and to stay positive and, and to continue being healthy? Like what advice are you giving? I just kind of want to get your whole spiel on whatever this is that we're living in. Yeah, man, for sure. It's, I mean, it's like you said, the uncertainty right now is what's driving people crazy. It's like a fucking emotional roller coaster, and none of us know how long it's going to last or when this will be over or even what things are going to look like when it's over. Like a lot of shit's about change and people we're dealing with. I mean, I'm sure you have it as well. A lot of clients are, are being faced with financial uncertainties, a lot of businesses, I'm sure personal people you know in your life, loved ones, their health is in jeopardy. Uh, there are people out there who are on lockdown and they're in isolation with nobody. Like they literally don't have a, a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a friend, yeah. and nobody. So it right now, it all comes down to everything we spoke about on this podcast. And that's value, being there for other people. Like we have to take care of ourselves, but we need to step up as leaders and lead from the front. And I'm doing my best. I was speaking with someone the other day and I almost said that I was like, 
I know you're a father, so you understand this. Like I don't have any kids, but it was almost like I am treating my clients as my children and I don't want them to know, or I don't want them to feel like I'm struggling in any way. So I'm trying to step up so they know that I'm here for them because they're dealing with a lot. And at the same time, they're trying to balance everything that's going on in their life as well as their fitness and nutrition, which is something that even when everything was perfect in life, they were still struggling with. So I need them to know that I got their back every step of the way. And then it all comes down to perspective. Nobody is alone in this. Everyone, no matter where you are in the world, we're all struggling. And like we talked about earlier, the mindset thing, there are a lot of things that we can't control during, during all this, but mindset and attitude is something that we, we need to take ownership of like immediately. And then lastly, really, it's kind of be grateful that you actually woke up this morning. You know, and I know that might kind of sound cliche or it's the, the thing that everyone wants to say, but it's true. I mean, we're blessed with another opportunity to live another day and we got to do whatever it takes to win the day. And that was the message that I shared with my clients and that I keep trying to push out on all of my social platforms and win the day could be as small or as big as you want it to be. I mean, I'm not telling people you got to go like, you know, you don't have to donate $10,000 to a local business. You don't got to go run 50 miles, but maybe it's, maybe it's you start by doing one push up, or you start by reading one page from a book and you start by taking one walk and then you just build on top of that because a win, a win is a win, right? It doesn't matter how big or how small and that movement will build momentum. If you can win each day with something extremely small, you'll have something to look forward to every day and, and you can build upon that. Dude, I 100% agree. I think, I think the gratitude thing is huge and like being grateful. I don't even think it's cliche at all. Like especially in this time, like I have a, a client that I, I can think of right now who has um, an autoimmune related disease in it, that's a very immunocompromised person. So he, this is a scary time. He lives alone and it's like, fuck, man, like I'm trying to do everything I can to talk, constantly talk to him, communicate. Cause it's like, I can't imagine that, you know? And, and for all of us who like, I get to be home with my wife. Like I need to be thankful for that. You know, I need to be thankful that I have the opportunity to be a coach and, and talk to people every day and try to help people because I mean, you know, this. like, we, we get fuel off of that as well. So being able to communicate and help these other people deal with it allows us to deal with it better too. Cause that's, that's what gives us our energy. Um, and I think like you, you mentioned perspective, I think perspective is huge. And I think also for a lot of people, this is a good opportunity because we're all on the same playing field now. There's no, nobody has the upper hand. And, and mm. what I mean by that is, is like a lot of people create excuses with, with training and nutrition. I mean, shit, you and I, when we first started, we both had every reason in the book to not be able to get in shape, not genetically yeah. gifted, overweight, no experience in the gym, but we still made it happen. And I think that's like a great example of everybody is on the same playing field. Nobody has the upper hand. We all can make excuses right now, but at the end of the day, it's those who will spend the time doing the at-home workouts, still hitting their macros or just eating according to their plan, getting the sleep, doing self-improvement. When you do those kind of things, like you won't regret the time that you had spent in your little bubble of your home when you were isolated, when this is all said and done. But if you don't use this time, you're going to regret it. Oh, man, so true. Because again, like we said, nobody knows how long this shit's going to last. So if you think, you know what, maybe this will be my, my two week break from the gym or whatever, like, you don't know if that's coming back for two weeks or two months, mm -hmm. or even longer than that. So why wait? And I tell people, that's why I keep saying small win and something that every single person can do right now, regardless of your situation, because if you're listening to this, or you're watching this, you have internet access. So take the time and invest in yourself. And it doesn't cost a fucking dime to do that. So every day you can learn something with a Google search. You, hopefully you learn something on this podcast. I mean, you're listening to Cody's podcast. Go back and listen to his episodes. Go on a walk so now you're getting your steps in. Meal prep some food. And while you're doing that, listen to Cody's podcast. And you're going to gain a ton of information. So it's out there for you. And you just have to be willing to invest the time. Whether it's books, audiobooks, courses, podcasts, YouTube videos. I mean, you're, you're your own biggest asset. And what better time than now to to take advantage of it because your knowledge and experience are really the only things that can never be taken from you. So I say, focus, focus on one small thing today and do something to accountability. Like we spoke about earlier is huge. Set an alert on your phone, tell a friend, make a post online for accountability and let's go for those, those long-term wins, those sustainable results and not these like bullshit little quick fixes. So like you said, we're, we're all in the same position. Some people are having it, you know, a little bit more difficult than others. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, I'm trying to look at this as we're a community, we're all struggling together and we'll all come out of it stronger on the other side. So 
Dude, I love it. We're going to end on that note because that's, that's a perfect way to wrap up the podcast. Um, I 100% agree with everything you just said too. It's so important for people to hear. And I think the people who will become stronger from this are the people that have the mindset like yours, man. So um, dude, I appreciate your time today. This has been really fun for me. Uh, what, where can people find you on the different platforms you use, your website, anything like that where people can consume your content? Sure, man. Uh, so it's just Maddie Fusaro on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and then FusaroFitness.com. And one thing I, I've had for a while, but I really opened it up and, and I've been pouring as much content and energy as I can into my free Facebook group. It's just called, uh, it's Physique and Lifestyle Overhaul. If you want to share the link, you can. If you don't want to, that's cool. But I'm trying to create a community vibe there. And I mean, I have people sharing pictures of their home gyms. And when I say home gyms, I'm talking about, you know, a yoga mat and a backpack. And it's just been so cool to see everyone coming together because I think people look at, you know, maybe people like, you and I, um, that we just have everything that a lot of people don't have. And you worked your ass off for years. And I saw your, your new warehouse space and everything, which is incredible, man. So congratulations on that. Like you, to dude. see how far you've come has been fucking awesome. But there are other people in this fitness space. I mean, I have right now in my house, I have two 25 pound dumbbells and some resistance bands. And I made a YouTube video showing 50 exercises that you could do with just that. So don't think that everyone has more than you. If you have anything in your house that has weight to it, you can get a good workout in at home. I don't care if it's a fucking book, a, a pot that you cook sauce in, <laughs> the bowl that you cook oatmeal in, whatever. Like, get something and uh, and just just keep moving, guys. That's the truth, dude. I've been uh, programming like fill your backpack up with whatever you find, hold it like this, do squats, like, and it it's just it's just resistance. It's just tension. It's just load. Like, so let's figure it out, man. I love that. I'll, I'll link all that. Um, including the Facebook group in the show Thank notes. You. Um, cause I can relate to that dude. I have a couple of Facebook groups where we've been interacting in the same way and it's just so cool. And I, and I encourage everybody to be a part of some kind of community like that because that's another one of those things that helps us get through this time and get stronger because of it. Yeah. That's what we need, man. The, the group could be anything from, you know, share a meal or a recipe with someone. There were tons of people who don't know how to cook, like literally the most simple shit. Mm -hmm. So if I can go on my Facebook group and go live and be like, this is how I put together a meal that I enjoy. Cool. I just helped someone. Now they can run with that. And now they've learned how to meal prep, you yep. know? So there, there's so much that we can offer people. And that's what I'm doing. Like you asked earlier, how am I, how am I getting through this time? Uh, I'm giving my all to everyone else. That's what I'm focusing on. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much again for your time, dude. I seriously appreciate it. This is super valuable. Yeah, man, it's, it's been an honor. Like I said, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. The caliber of guests you have on here, like I consider myself lucky for this opportunity. So thank you so much, man. And keep doing your thing because you're, you're changing a lot of lives, bro. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up, or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of The Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.